And we are back, folks, on Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. I'm your host, Alejandro Suniga, here with episode four of our series, Behind Enemy Lines, where we take a closer look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. It is finally here. The non-conference season is over. The Big Ten season has arrived. And I'm so excited to have with me Wes Brown, who covers all things Maryland Terrapins for 24-7 Sports to give us a preview of what to expect this Saturday when the Wolverines welcome Maryland to the big house on Big Noon Saturday. Uh, Wes, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. It's it's fun to have you on, fun for the non-conference season to be over. Listen, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said that Michigan fans and, and Michigan, the team itself, will admit that they haven't really played anyone so far this year. I mean, the, the players... The coaches kind of tiptoe around this, but we don't have to. You know, Colorado State going through a rebuild, uh, Hawaii going through one of the bigger rebuilds you'll ever see, uh, and then UConn, which has been a really struggling program for a decade or so, haven't presented much of a test. So there's there's some question marks as as the Terps come in. Uh, you know, an established program that seems to be on the upswing, uh, an offense that's led obviously by Talia Tungavailoa and a deep core of receivers uh, and quite honestly, some athletes uh, even on a, on a defense that maybe isn't elite, but some athletes that are at the level that Michigan didn't see on UConn or Hawaii or Colorado state. Uh, so, so we're going to start with, with the program as a whole was uh, Maryland went to a bowl game last year. Uh, it was a, an upswing for, for, uh, for Mike Loxley and, his first winning season, uh, a great bowl performance against uh, Virginia Tech, and now five wins in a row, some good investments into the athletic facilities. Seems like a program on the upswing uh, with a 3-0 start to the non-conference season. So why don't you take us through what the past 12 months or so have been, I guess 10 months since since Maryland and Michigan last met, uh, and what the non-conference season has been like. Yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, it's... It- it, it's definitely been an interesting, you know, 10 months here, you know, Loxley ever since coming in, in 2019, it's, it's been about a rebuild, you know, bringing in his players, his coaches, you know, going through different assistants, figuring out what works, what doesn't. Um, obviously, when you're able to, to to bring in a quarterback like Talia, it's, it makes it a lot easier um, having someone who, you know, he recruited to Alabama and, you know, can trust and he knows that family well. Um, so all that kind of factored in. Um, the addition of Rakim Jarrett in in the 2020 class as a flip from LSU uh, was a big time local pool um, as well. So, you know, bringing all these pieces together, you know, all the time they've spent together, it all kind of culminated in last year uh, where they were finally able to get that six win mark for the first time uh, in a, a number of years. Um, going to a bowl game, getting a win over an old ACC opponent. Um, it's definitely a very exciting time. Um, and then even though it hasn't been the cleanest non-conference, uh, run, you know, I think if you ask any coach, if they want to just start conference play at three and oh, they'll all say yes. So, um, I think at, at, at this point, even if, uh, Michigan hasn't necessarily been, been tested as much and Maryland hasn't loved their play, um, I'm sure both sides are happy to be three and oh. Sure. And for some context there, the, the non-conference wins here for Maryland are, are over Buffalo, um, at Charlotte, in fact, so they went on the road and beat Charlotte 56 to 21. And then in week three, 
uh, hosted SMU and came from behind uh, with a, a more, I guess, impressive defensive performance uh, in, in terms of holding the Mustangs uh, to, I think, just seven points in the second half for that win. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get started with the Maryland offense. Uh, and, and really, when you're talking about Maryland's offense, it, it all starts with Talia Tungabailoa. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy that Mike's Lock, Mike Locksley in Big Ten Media Days called him the most underrated player in college football. And Michigan, and certainly the rest of the Big Ten, has seen pieces of that. This is a guy who uh, who can make plays happen. You know, he's got a cannon for an arm uh, he's not afraid to take the deep shot. He can make plays with his feet, keep things going, uh, but has also, at least in previous seasons, had a bit of a propensity for, you know, so, some puzzling decisions and and maybe not making the smartest uh, the smartest plays when he's back in the pocket. Uh, seemed to me when I was watching the SMU tape that he was more of a game manager in that game, not. You know, some people use that as a veiled criticism, uh, but the way I saw it, he was making some really smart decisions. He was efficient, uh, and, and that's part of what helped the Terps come from behind. What, what's his season been so far? Yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, so he he came in and that first game he played at Northwestern, he had a, a number of turnovers through through interceptions, wasn't able to bounce back. Um, and then you saw sort of a, a similar thing in the Iowa debacle last year. It, he he always seemed to have an issue for turning the ball over and then trying too hard to make up for it and then therefore turning it over again. Um, this year, he's number three in the country in completion percentage. Um, he has turned into more of a game manager, but it's mostly because he's just learning how to take a step back, make the smart decision and, you know, just lead the offense. You know, he's he's realizing he has, you know, a fully returning top seven group of offensive linemen in front of him. He's got, you know, four wide receivers deep. He's got, you know, two really strong tight ends. Um, so he's got weapons all around him and a, a group of young running backs that have really stuck out as well. Um, so he doesn't have to be the guy to make those plays. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, try and throw it through a tight window just to to make something happen. So he, he's definitely learning how to do all that. Um, but you know, the pieces around him and the time they've all spent together has definitely been a, a key factor in that. You just mentioned some of the other weapons around him. Uh, Roman Hemby, uh, redshirt freshman running back. He's a guy who, who really blew up in the SMU game. He had over 200 yards, uh, rushing and receiving combined from scrimmage. And then I, I noticed that Maryland also rotates in some other running backs, uh, also, of course, you got the tight end, uh, Corey Deitches, and and a, a good slate, a deep slate of receivers. Uh, led, I, I think that the name come, you know, the name going into the season was was Dante Demas, who was returning from injury. I know he was able to get back for that opener. Uh, it doesn't look like the production's all been there quite yet. When you look at the receiver room first, how is Dante, and and, and who else in that receiver room should Michigan fans be looking at? Yeah, Dante's doing well. He he's been able to play, but he has been kind of kept on a, a a pitch count per se. Um, not there's not really a, a need to rush him back when you can also have Rockham Jarrett, Jacob Copeland, uh, Jay Sean Jones also coming back from from injury. Uh, Ty Felton's another young weapon, and then they've got you know some freshmen that they brought in and transferred to the receiver room. So they, they they've got a lot of talent in 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 the room. So there's not really a need to push. Um, all the top guys quite yet. I my guess is with Big Ten play, we'll start to see a lot more of that. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, he the, the biggest one for Dante was last Saturday. He dropped a wide open ball that went right through his hands um, that would have, you know, made it, you know, inside the, the red zone. But instead, the next play was a Rockham Jarrett 48 yard touchdown. So um, kind of making up for that that moment there as a group. But there's just there's so much talent in that room. You know, Jacob Copeland coming in from Florida is a guy that, you know, Loxley knew from the recruiting process at Alabama as well. Um, so there's, there's just so many weapons all around the board. Um, they could legitimately have, you know, three guys push for, for NFL, you know, aspirations after this year. So, um, it, it's hard to run out of weapons per, per se. And, and quite the difference for Michigan, which has faced a, a redshirt freshman making his first college start at quarterback, uh, the Yellen at Hawaii, who was the backup going into the season and was starting because the starter was hurt. Uh, and in the UConn game, a true freshman again starting because the starter coming into the season was hurt. Uh, yeah, a lot more weapons on Maryland. We're going to take a quick break and come back and, and talk about the defense. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, Michigan.247 sports.com. Alejandro Suniga talking Maryland, Michigan with Wes Brown, also of 24-7. Wes, we just touched on the offense, and when you talk Maryland football, you have to start with the offense, which is electrifying, has playmakers all across the board. Uh, obviously, though, football is a, a multifaceted game, and, and the Maryland defense is an area, I think, that had a lot more question marks going into this season. Uh, Coach Mike Loxley talked about how excited he was coming into fall camp that a lot of the players were, were healthy uh, and that, you know, so much of the pieces, so many of the pieces uh, had gone out injured last year that just having these guys back uh, was a step up uh, in terms of the Maryland defense uh, seemed to struggle a bit against SMU last week, gave up more than 500 yards. Certainly they didn't put themselves in a good position with, I, I believe it was, 15 penalties for 140 yards, something along those lines. Uh, but they made the plays when it counted. They got a few takeaways. They made a few, you know, fourth down stops in the red zone and shut down an offense in the second half that had looked pretty unstoppable in the first half. Uh, what, as Maryland is turning toward Michigan, which has the best, uh, you know, is the best scoring offense in college football right now, what are some of the things that Maryland can throw out there to slow down these Wolverines? Yeah, so Maryland's got a really deep group of, you know, defensive linemen up front, which, you know, has been probably the, its biggest pitfall in the Big Ten is, you know, not necessarily having the the size and strength to compete up front with, with some of these offensive lines. Um, but they, they've got some guys who have been there for two or three years now, similar to the, the offensive side of the ball. Um, they've got a, a mixed group of running or linebackers who, you know, are, you know, they, they've got some older guys. They've got some, a true freshman in Jay Sean Barham. Uh, who who decided to come to Maryland late in the process, um, and you know he's he's put in a, a ton of work as as a true freshman and, and stepped into a key role there. Um, and then the defensive backs, you know, they've got you know three corners who Loxley taps as as NFL guys, and you know Tarheep Still, Deontay Banks, uh, and Jacorian Bennett, who was a JUCO transfer a couple of years ago. Um, and then it's all you know tailed by you know Bo Braid and, and Dante Trader who you know, step in for the likes of Nick Cross at, at safety. Um, each of them got an interception last game to help kind of, you know, 
ignite the offense and, and give them more of a chance after all those penalties. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a mixed bag of a young group and old group, but there are a ton of athletes on that side of the ball. Um, so it, it should be interesting how they're able to key in on Michigan. Um, one thing that Loxley has mentioned is, you know, they like the ability kind of like Charlotte ran multiple quarterbacks, um, but then Maryland ended up in a situation where neither of their, their quarterbacks started playing. So they, you know, struggled a little bit in keeping the number three quarterback, you know, in, in tabs because they didn't have the film on him. You know, he, he only played a few snaps here and there. Um, but hopefully with, with Michigan, you know, being down to, you know, we, you know, who the quarterback's going to be, you know, hopefully that helps them in their, their preparation, being able to, to key in a little bit. Yeah. I was listening to, to Loxley's press conference yesterday and, and Michigan's running with JJ McCarthy and, and well, there is no clear backup at this point because Cade McNamara is hurt, but there are now a few games of, of JJ on film and, and, you know, JJ came in last year too uh, against the Terps and and made some plays there. So will be interesting to see uh, how the Terps can slow down Michigan and honestly how a Michigan offense under JJ McCarthy looks uh, as he's the starter for the first time against a power five team, because, you know, he, he played a few series in the opener against Colorado state and then took over the starting role um, but again, he's only played really a half in, in two games because they've been such blowouts. Uh, anyway, Wes, want to turn it over to you now. It, we've, we've talked a lot about Tonga Bailo. We've lot of, talked a lot about the offensive weapons. Uh, is there one player for you that, that you think Michigan fans should be watching uh, when the Terps come to the big house on, on Saturday? Yeah, I think kind of like you mentioned, everyone will look at the passing game. Everyone will look at the receivers and the quarterback. Um, but the the running backs are are, are really making a lot of noise. Um, not just Roman Hemby, but also Antoine Littleton. Um, he he came in at six foot, two hundred eighty five pounds, and has really cut his body down to you know a, a clean two forty. Um, but he he's a big back. You know they they had that in the past with with Penny Boone. Um, but having you know the ability to to trade off, they've got four running backs who who they can put in there. Uh, two redshirt freshmen, one sophomore, and a true. And, and a true freshman. Um, so the, the the big thing for Maryland this year is having a balanced offense, especially when people expect them to pass, expect them to 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 just throw the ball around. Um, so I, I would definitely look out for for Hemby and Littleton um, because I think the 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 key in trying to come out of the big house with another victory is definitely going to you know be in a balanced aspect because they're probably not going to win if they throw the ball fifty times. Littleton, not so little. I'm sure he's never heard that before, but it was very interesting to that point of balance to see to see the Terps lined up in a true goal line formation, you know, power eye, and hand it off to a 240-pound back who can, you know, punch the ball into the end zone. Not exactly what you'd expect when you think Maryland football, but, you know, it works, and, and it seemed to keep SMU off balance a bit. Um, all right, we're going to close with the way I love to close, which is putting our reputations on the line. Wes, mainly you putting your reputation on the line here. Uh, I asked all of our guests for one prediction uh, for the game. Doesn't necessarily have to be a score. Doesn't necessarily have to be anything. Uh, it's really what you want to make of it. One thing that you expect to see on Saturday at Michigan Stadium. Yeah, um, I mean, kind of like you mentioned, you know, there, there, or I, I mentioned there, there's going to be a balanced attack. Um, one thing we nece haven't necessarily seen the most of from Maryland this year is its tight end play. 
Um, I think it would be, you know, really interesting to throw that wrinkle more in, you know, against Michigan. Um, you mentioned Corey Deitches, but CJ Dupree is also another very strong running back. Uh, they like to call him a, a baby Gronk. He, he really fits that mold right there. Um, so I think if, if, if Maryland's going to, you know, really compete, they're going to have to throw some wrinkles in there. Um, so I'll go with some, some stronger tight end play um, there in the, uh, the, 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 the receiving game. Well, we'll, we'll find out on Saturday, as I mentioned, uh, Michigan, Maryland opening up their big 10 slates at noon at Michigan stadium for myself, Alejandro Suniga West. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it, obviously 247sports.com for all of our coverage, uh, college football, college basketball, recruiting, michigan.247sports.com for the Michigan Insider. Wes, I'll see you at the Big House on Saturday. And for everyone else listening, thank you so much. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll see you at the Big House. Peace.